0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake
1: Skorheim. Welcome to the show. I am Jake Skorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. It's Thursday. We've got a great show to get to. We've got a ton of stuff tonight. We've got a lot of great interviews. we got a lot of great guests that are going to come on with us. A bunch of really fun stories, things that you're just going to be able to laugh at. Some of the things you're going to scratch your head about as well. We have a trivia clue we're going to play for you in just a couple minutes, so we're going to get to all of that. But before I get into any of that, I have to get something off my chest, and I hope you guys don't mind if I complain about this. So, I am in line at uh, one of my favorite places to shop, Costco, the other day, and I'm standing in line. My kids aren't with me because I've just like I've just popped out of the house real fast just to get some stuff that I need to get. And I'm standing there, and usually if my kids are with me, I don't have the time to like do anything else. I'm just like getting the stuff. They're helping me push the car and holding the receipt as we go out the door. Whatever. It's, it's chaos all the time. It's chaos. So when I have these like, quiet moments to myself, it's like a tiny little vacation in a Costco. It's great. And and I love it. It is an oasis. I'm stopping at all the little food areas. I'm getting all the samples that I can get. I'm like really stretching it out and trying to take as much time as I can because it's just it's dad time. And I'm loving it. And I think to myself when I get up to the front, I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I've gotten some stuff done. I think this was on Saturday. I've gotten some stuff done around the house. I uh, did some you know, I did some chores that I was supposed to do. I have earned a reward. I'm going to treat myself to something at the cafe, at the Costco Cafe. The Costco Cafe is great. It's got a lot of great stuff. It's got the hot dogs, it's got the pizza, a lot of really great deals. We've talked about them on the show before. We had those people who wrote that book about Costco on the show. We love Costco. So I look over there, and I'm kind of scanning because my favorite item is what I was thinking about getting and I don't often get it because it's full of fat and sugar and all those things. But I was thinking to myself, I deserve a churro today. This is going to be great. One of those twisted churros. I don't know how big they are, but it's like a foot-long hot dog. It's a massive churro, way bigger than one person needs, and that's what makes it so great. It's $1.50. The price is right. They're delicious. They're so good. I had this, like— Idea in my head where I was going to get this churro, and then I was going to go back to my house, and I was going to go into my office with a cup of coffee and just like quietly eat this churro. That's my. That's what I, fa- I look inside my head. That's what I fantasize about. Just like quietly eating churros with no interruptions from kids. So I look over there, and I'm looking on the big board, and I'm scanning. My I like, oh, can't. I don't see it anywhere. I don't. Something must be wrong. Something must be absolutely wrong. So I ask the guy at the who's checking me out. I say, hey. um, is something happened to the churro. And he goes on to tell me that Costco is discontinuing the churro. Needless to say, I was not a happy camper. Say it ain't so. Oh, my audio's not working. I was very not happy. Let's try that again.
0: No, God! No, God, please, no! No!
1: No! No! And then somebody at work, I was talking to a a friend of mine at work, Steve Coogan, who runs MyNorthwest.com. Yeah. And he was telling me, he goes, hey, did you hear about what Costco's doing with the churro? They're discontinuing it. And do you know what they're replacing it with, Matt? No. I'm prepared I'm, to be disappointed. You will be disappointed. I'm not pleased about this. The culinary geniuses at Costco have decided to replace the churro with a cookie. A chocolate a cookie. chip cookie. Look at that
2: cookie. <laughs> did you really think that this group of women was going to finish that cookie? I never got a chance to try that
1: cookie. Oh, delicious. $2.50. That's how much this cookie's going to run you. It's a, it's like a dollar more than the churro was, or how much was it? Uh, yes, yeah. it's not a churro. Two and it's not a churro. It. Two strikes. Have you ever had one of those churros at Costco? No, but they sound really oh good. I love a good churro. You missed it. You're never going to understand that how joy. How sad.
0: I've missed out. My life will forever be incomplete.
1: You know, you say that jokingly, but you are actually saying the truth. It will forever be incomplete, because you never had... A bigger churro than you could ever finish. It was delicious. You don't understand the joy of just sitting there eating that crumbly, buttery, whatever's in there. I don't know please, what please it is. Stop. Please stop. It's like this you're is in torture. It's, it's heaven. And they don't have them anymore. I don't understand it. So if somebody from Costco can please let me know what you were thinking, why please you decided to get rid of the churro. Or something? No, the guy at the desk told me that I could um, go online and he goes, here's this, on the end of the receipt. this receipt, here's this little survey thing, go on there and complain. The Costco employees aren't happy about it. If this one guy's pleading was any indication, they want the churro back. I want the churro back. Who wants a cookie? I like a cookie as much as the next man. I'm going to eat them as much as I can, but not a $2.50 cookie. Axios had the story. They said, they said, uh... This new cookie that Costco's putting out, it's an all-butter cookie with bittersweet and semi-sweet chocolates, and it's been popping up at clubs all across the country. Mine is one of them. No longer have the churro, so I'm depressed about that. So that's how we're starting the show today, folks. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. If you haven't bought a churro at Costco lately, you missed out. It's too late, so there's nothing you can do about it except complain. And if you have a radio show, I highly recommend you complain on the radio, which is what I'm doing about it. I'm just just doing the little bit that I can because I want the churro back. And if Costco has any of these churros that are just left over that they want to send my way, please do, because I'd love to have them. All right. Uh, we're going to get into the news in just a second. Before we do, we're going to play this quick clip. It's trivia. You guys might know this. You might not. I hope you do. It's a really easy one tonight. And we're going to give you the answer at the top of News Roundup. Here's the clip. and You can also text me on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888 5476 If you know what this is, text it. It also means you and I are probably very similar people that you would instantly get this. And uh, I'm sure you're going to get it. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. (laughs) All right, answer to that is going to be the top of the news roundup. Let's get into some stories. Matt, go for it. All right, this one I thought was interesting. There is a new initiative that feels like kind of a no-brainer to me. And it would allow, it's called Initiative uh, 2081 or I-2081. And it will be on the ballot next, and it will give parents access to their kids' student records. Somebody text me and tell me what's controversial about this. I have no idea. Listen to this. The initiative, this is according to uh, uh, Let's Go Washington, who's who wants to see this initiative pass. They said the initiative would allow parents and guardians of public school children to review instructional materials and inspect student records, including health and disciplinary records, upon request. It's not even saying that the school has to volunteer it. It's just saying that if if a parent wants to know, that they can ask. I'm a parent of public school kids. I love our public schools. I think the public school teachers in my district are fantastic. I think they're great, and I love them. I also want to make sure that I know and feel comfortable that my kids, you know, are doing great in school. I want to know what their records look like. I want to be able to request that. I want to know disciplinary records. I hope the schools are sharing these types of things. It didn't even occur to me that they wouldn't. This just seems totally natural. The fact that this is not a thing that people are just doing anyway very much surprises me. So this uh, this initiative is going to be on the ballot. I two zero eight one. I hope it passes because who's a better advocate for your kids than you, the parent? And it's nice to know what's going on in schools. I think this is great. And this is talking. This is from somebody who loves our public schools. I think our public schools are doing a great job. My school, my kid's school. I think they're doing a great job. And I also want to know what they're teaching my kids. So that's something I like too. If you disagree with this for some reason, or you find this controversial, I would be interested in the other side of this. 888-973-5476, let me know. Cause I just don't see the downside of this. So let me know, I'd be interested. All right, moving on. You guys remember that Alaska Air flight had to make an emergency landing when it started falling apart in midair, like 16,000 feet, the plane just starts falling apart. Obviously that's horrible. Thank God everybody landed safely. The plane got to the ground, but not before people took a ton of videos and there was all these viral videos going around. If you missed that story, you just haven't been watching the news in the last month. Apparently, though, we've reached the stage in this storyline where lawsuits start coming out. And these folks are not just suing Boeing; they're also going after Alaska Air. And the lawyers for these people are claiming that uh, there may have been some negligence and some some ignoring of uh, of uh, indicator lights that was that were turning on. It's very interesting stuff. It actually is not going to make you feel super confident about flying. We're going to talk to Kate Stone next. She actually talked to a bunch of the uh, she talked to a bunch of the passengers who were on that flight. She talked to some of the lawyers representing some of those passengers. It is a very interesting conversation, so you're not going to want to miss that. So we're going to get to that next. All right, let's move on to the next thing, Matt. I want to talk about this really fast, and I, we don't do a ton of sports on the show when it's just me because I'm not like a huge sports guy. But I did find this really interesting. There's a lot of coaching jobs in the NFL. They're like kind of there's like this this switching around that's happening right now. All these chess pieces on the board that are moving. And so I thought we'd do just like a really quick segment of score time with score Score time with score So do you guys know Bill Belichick? He was a coach of the new England Patriots for many, 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 many years, very successful with them. That asked that uh, also happened to coincide with, uh, um, Tom Brady's run with the Patriots, and so that may have had something to do with the success that he had there. They won six Super Bowls at the uh, in New England. Very, very successful guy. But last season, not so much. So they've decided to part ways with Bill Belichick, and they have moved on. But Bill Belichick, who I thought, he's 71 years old, he's going to be 72 next season, I thought, all right, this guy's just going to fade off into the sunset. He's the second winningest coach of all time. He's probably going to go enjoy retirement Whatever you do when you have a ton of money and great success and you've been to the highest highs of your job, that's when you leave, right? Well, maybe not. The Atlanta Falcons are hiring a new coach. Bill Belichick is interviewing. And not only did he do it once, he's the favorite right now. He interviewed against other coaches uh, like, um, um, who's the guy who coached uh, Michigan? Uh, Jim Harbaugh coached Michigan. He used to be the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Then he went and coached the Wolverines Uh, this season. They beat the Huskies, obviously, successfully to the college football uh, playoffs. Won the champion, the national championship, so he's gotten to the highest high of that mountain, and now looks like Jim Harbaugh wants back in the NFL. There's a lot of coaching jobs open, and one of those jobs is with the Falcons, so he interviewed for that job as well, but Bill Belichick is the only coach who's interviewed for that job twice. So I was talking to my buddy at Mike Lefko over at 710 Seattle Sports, and he was telling me, he goes, word on the street is that Belichick is the likely guy. So he could be the Falcons coach for next year, which I do think is really interesting. Again, he's going to be 72. He's the second winningest coach of all time, but he is within a stone's throw of the number one spot to be the winningest coach of all time. And after last season, he's had all this great success in the past, but in the last season, he was four and thirteen, which is just a bad way to end such a storied career. So I can understand, I think, why he'd want to like take one more go at it, see if he can make a make a better result to end his season or maybe end his career. But uh, we'll keep you up to date on that one. That's very interesting. Bill Belichick maybe going to the Falcons. All right, let's move on. All right, let's get a little bit political for just a second. Let's talk some politics and uh, just keep you up to date about what's going on in the world. President Biden was in North Carolina. He was speaking earlier today, and he was talking about a lot of things. One of those things he was talking about was Bidenomics. If you don't know what Bidenomics was or you forgot what it was, here's a refresher. Bidenomics is just another way of saying the American dream. The American dream. It's easy as that. That's what he says. Uh, So he said there's some great news for everyone out there. You should be really excited. Apparently, wages are up. I don't know if you know that. You probably didn't feel that yourself, but he's telling us that wages are up.
3: Wages are up. Household wealth is up. Not only for middle-class Americans, for Latinos, for black Americans, for minorities.
1: And they can also be middle-class Americans. Uh, mortgage rates are down-ish, Biden says. He's in, again in North Carolina talking about mortgage rates.
3: Costs are still too high, but inflation continues to
1: fall. And mortgage rates are falling, and they're going to fall more. Now, to be fair, when Biden took office, there was a, the mortgage rates. And this is not—we shouldn't give— we shouldn't give anybody credit for this because it was it was partially uh, as a result of like just crazy pandemic stuff. And I, I don't even know what happened. I'm not a mortgage specialist. But the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate when Biden took office, when he started his presidency, was 2.7%, which is just so, so, so low, like historically low. Today, it's hovering right around 7%, and it's been in this area for a while. So... Um, Yes, mortgage rates, maybe they're down from a week ago, but they're still a lot higher than they were when Biden took office, so that's interesting. He also, and this was not like one of his finer moments of his speech, he was looking around for a congresswoman. There is a lot of conversation right now about our political leaders, and are they maybe a little too old? Biden is over 80. Uh, He would be 86 if he survives into the second presidency, if he gets four more years. That would be really, really old when it comes to the leader of the free world, and he had one of those moments tonight. Trump is not young, by the way, either. Trump is almost 80 years old himself. He's in his late 70s. I think he's 77 right now. But Biden was looking around. He was mentioning a, a photo op he just had with a congresswoman in North Carolina. The problem was, the photo op didn't actually happen, and she wasn't actually there.
3: She also wanted to mention Congress De- De- Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? She, I just had my p- picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. No, I'll kid this stop Anyway, you, you can, oh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got it mixed up.
1: And she has, you know, she fights very hard for the people of this district, and she's up in Washington right now. So that's, I don't know, it's a mistake people can make, I guess. But I think it would be really interesting to see some young blood get into the White House. You got Gavin Newsom on the Democratic side. You have a couple folks just waiting in the wings. Uh, even though Trump is the massive favorite for the GOP. You've got Ron DeSantis, you've got Nikki Haley, and they're just kind of waiting around to see if... I mean, I don't know exactly what they're waiting for, because Trump is now way ahead in every poll by, like, double digits way ahead. Some folks are speculating that they're waiting around because he's so old, and you just never know what's going to happen to these guys. And so, who knows what's going to happen. But their age is a big part of the conversation. In fact, we had this clip the other day. I want to play it for you guys, because... uh, We got a lot of response from it. I find it to be pretty funny. I think it's okay to laugh at these types of things. Somebody made a parody about the White House, and they called it the White House Senior Living. And it's kind of done in the style of, you know, like a a retirement home where somebody might move because they need extra help. Uh, But this one's at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So by popular demand, here it is. At
2: White House Senior Living, our residents feel right at home. Our vibrant facility offers delightful activities and outings, round the clock professional care, and exquisite house-made meals.
3: Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me, but I've been eating all, all Italian food basically. And ice cream. And ice cream, chocolate chip
2: ice cream. White House Senior Living, where residents feel
1: like presidents. What <laughs> were Chocolate chip ice cream. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's so good to
1: laugh again. It is so good to laugh again. That's what we're going to be doing on the show tonight. We have a lot of stuff. We have a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. Matt, tell them what we got coming up.
0: All right. Tonight on Cairo Nights, reporter James Lynch joins the show with a story of a unique parking lot robbery affecting the Pierce County Fire Department. Also joining us from the newsroom, Cairo News Radio reporter Kate Stone on that lawsuit against Alaska Airlines brought by passengers on that flight that blew its door plug. And Star Wars fans know Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, but what famous actress was originally offered that part? We'll find out tonight on Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim.
1: You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very, very special guest on with me right now, James Lynch. He is an excellent reporter here at Cairo News Radio. James, thanks for making the time. You say that about all the reporters. I like to, if I can. <laughs> all right, you have a really interesting story. I heard you talking about this, and I wanted to get you on the show to discuss it. Apparently, firefighters who are, you know, very brave, answering the call, running into a burning buildings, saving lives— they're also being stolen from. Something happened in Tacoma with a fire truck. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, it's just kind of strange because it has long been one of the most respected professions in the country. So it's just kind of amazing when, to me when you see they go into a grocery store. They're down in Tacoma. Uh, they're picking up food. They're grocery shopping just like the rest of us. While they're inside the store, then these guys come up to the truck. They're in a U-Haul. And they just start unloading a fire engine and people obviously around there are saying, whoa. So they run into the store, alert the firefighters to what's happening. They come out and they get out just in time to see these guys drive away. But the things that they lost, all of their saws that they used to cut people out of cars,
1: medical supplies, everything, they just grabbed what they could and left. So you had a similar story about this maybe a few was it a few months ago. This happened in Ballard as well. a few months ago the exact
2: same thing uh, happened in Ballard. So this is the only the second occurrence that I've heard of. Uh, most people, including the firefighters down there had never heard of it happening before.
1: I would I would just assume if you see a big fire truck, you're not gonna mess with it. I mean people they're obviously they catch your eye. people are aware of them, but I just you admire them as they if they're just sitting there from afar. Little kids love fire trucks. I didn't think thieves would be so brazen as just to walk up to a fire truck and start taking stuff. I mean, it affects so many people. The things
2: that they took off that truck, if they had got a call... Uh, right after they got robbed basically, yeah. they wouldn't have had the things that they needed to do their jobs and to save lives. It really is a sad thing. The other thing is it's not just firefighters that are being hit because the taxpayers pay for that equipment.
1: Sure, so of course. Who
2: will pay for it to replace it?
1: Yeah, I mean you and me. Yeah. There well the people of Tacoma in this exactly. case. People people of Ballard and the other one. All right, here's a question for you. Why are these compartments not—I mean, why are they so accessible, right? So a thief walks up and wants to just open up one of these compartments and take something. How are, I would assume they would need uh, to unlock it or get access to it. How's that? How are they doing that?
2: Well, I think most people would say, oh, they're locking that stuff up. But in this profession, as you know, seconds count. It could be the difference between life and death. And Great so point. what the firefighter told me was, I don't have time to be fumbling around with keys. Yeah. Every second counts. So they can't lock those compartments. So what they're— Talking about doing is uh, when they go to the store. Usually, the entire team goes with the truck. Yeah. So if they get a call, they're all there together. They've got their equipment. They've got their clothes. They got their uniforms. They got everything right there.
1: I I have wondered about that when I see firefighters all driving around. You know, they might. I always assume they're coming back from a call or something like that, and they probably are in a lot of cases. But they are always together, and but that makes perfect sense to me because you have to have the team ready to go if they get a call just because they're in a store buying soup for lunch or whatever they're going to have doesn't mean that they couldn't get a call in that instant and they got to be right out there ready to go
2: that's right they're still on the job so they have to be there so what they're what they're deciding that they're going to try to do is they take the whole team with but half the team stays in the truck. The other half goes into the grocery store. Yeah. That way the trucks are never uh, left alone. And I think that that's something that we're going to see happen uh, at fire departments all over Washington.
1: Isn't that sad that that's the state that we're in right now? That you you can't even leave a fire truck without somebody having to be, you know, in broad daylight walking up and just opening it up and trying to steal from them? The crazy part about that story, that one you just were talking about, Tacoma. So these thieves, whoever they were, they show up with a U-Haul in tow. In a
2: U-Haul. They've got a U-Haul. I'm not sure uh, if they were driving like a U-Haul pickup truck or a bigger U-Haul truck. But yeah. they had one big enough to where they were taking things off of the fire truck, loading them. So they were prepared. The, they were prepared. They, they, saw, they were out there uh, seeking to find a fire truck sitting like that. That's so bizarre they could do they to do. me.
1: That's crazy that they would do that. Well,
2: fortunately, Jake, you and I would never think about, and most of our listeners would never ever think about doing yes. something like
1: that. So, have the uh, have the thieves been caught, or are they just going to say, "Hey, these guys are made made off with some nice chainsaws, and that's what they're going to get," and we're you know, well, what, what there, can you even do? They're
2: still on the run now. Uh, investigation is open and underway. You, you would think that at a grocery store, you're you're going to have cameras all over. So, hopefully, they'll be able to find these guys, and and we'll come update you when they do.
1: Yeah. The other thing that's interesting is you know, the bizarreness of that U-Haul truck might also be their downfall because you have to rent those unless they've been stolen, but those are rentable trucks. And so if somebody had to go and sign one of these trucks out, you usually have to give your license, you usually have to have proof of insurance, something like that, and then you get to rent one of these trucks, so maybe they'll be able to catch the license plate or something and... That that's, might be a hot lead.
2: That's going to be the key factor. If if they can pick up that license plate, then it won't be difficult finding them.
1: At they have such a tough job. Not not detectives in this case. I'm talking about the firefighters. My uh, um, uh, a new friend that I've recently just made. He's the father of uh, one of the kids at my uh, my son's preschool. And I was talking with him the other day. We were out there waiting for preschool to end, and we were just kind of chatting about our different jobs. And I was telling him about radio and how hard it is, and blah blah blah. And he's telling me about being a firefighter in Seattle. And I'm like, all right, I'll just shut up now. Those guys have an insane job. I Damn. mean, like the calls the calls that they're responding to are not just fires. He was telling me how they are responding to like, you know, they have to they have to administer the Narcan. What is it the the, the Narcan stuff? Mm-hmm. In one weekend, I guess the weekend that they switched over from, they used to use the Narcan they used to use, and for anybody who's unfamiliar, Narcan is the stuff that they give people who have overdosed on drugs, and it kind of like shocks your system back to life. In one weekend, they did like 130 calls, like his little unit. They're like 130 calls, and it was the weekend that they switched over from. There used to be a nasal version that they would use, and then they figured out, I guess there's some new version. It's like uh, intramuscular intramuscular. That gets into the blood faster or something. And so they started using that, which meant they were able to respond to more calls and do it faster. This is what they're doing as firefighters. I mean, like when you're a young kid dreaming about being a firefighter, you're not thinking to yourself, Hey, you know what? If I'm in a big city, I'm going to be responding to drug calls all day. And then when I go in the store to stock, stock up on food for the, uh, the firehouse, all of our stuff's going to get stolen. It's just like, they're going through crazy stuff right now. So it's a, it's a crazy profession and god bless him
2: that's why i always i never park from a firefighter without seeing be careful out there." same thing that i say when i park from police officers be careful out there yeah because i want them to be careful out there they do have a dangerous job
1: they got a dangerous job and they need to do it we need them to do it uh james lynch thank you so much for coming in with this story absolutely jack anytime uh, all right we got a lot more coming up on the show don't go anywhere we're going to be right back here on Kyra nights
0: You are listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm Jake Skorheim, your host. Matt, what is this song? What's this bumper music?
0: Uh, This is Saint Sinner called For How Long. Sounds like we're shopping in
1: an Old Navy, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Let's, uh, Let's put a note on this one not to play it again. All right. Um, I'm really interested in your guys' opinion on this because I saw this story and I was just I I was kind of astounded by the number here and I want to play you this clip but also just like kind of a larger conversation I'm really interested in churches you guys know I'm a uh, I'm a religious person I go to church with my family I think it's really poor really important part of my life uh hugely important part of my life and I know how uh, important it is for many of you out there in the audience I've had a lot of weird experiences in churches and matt i know that you have probably also had a lot of weird experiences in churches (laughs) probably anybody who has spent any time uh you know practicing their faith has had weird church experiences like strange ones you didn't expect the thing that i find interesting about all different types of churches i'm i'm fascinated by mega churches i've never been to a mega church the biggest church i ever went to was when i was in college in hawaii but it was like a an easter sunday service and i don't think they normally had this many folks there but it was in like a um it was in a like a, a basketball arena and there probably was like 10,000 people there it was massive and i just could not fathom this many people getting together for a church cuz my church experience growing up was always a smaller church that you kind of knew everyone in the church was that yours matt
0: yeah, it was a smaller Southern church. Yeah, there, I never went to one of those big, that looked like an arena practically churches. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. So I'm, fa- like, do you know who Joel Olstein is? I'm very familiar, yes. Yes, okay, so Joel Olstein is, he's a megachurch pastor, and he is probably one of the most, if one of, one of the more, if not the most, successful and well-known megachurch pastor. He has been interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. He has celebrities show up at his church from time to time. And he has this massive church, and his church is so big. It's called Lakewood Church. And his church is so big that it actually has, um, they actually converted a 17,000 seat NBA arena in Houston, Texas, into their weekly church. And they do multiple services. They have like 50,000 people who are a member, like a part of this congregation, which to me is like every Sunday going to an NBA game, but his church. And it would just be kind of one of those bizarre things. So I'm interested in that. And they had to do this big refurbishment of this massive NBA arena, former NBA arena, which is now their church in Houston. But it was going to cost a lot of money. And so he was talking about that recently. And I found this clip really interesting because they had to take out a massive loan in order to pay for the upgrades for this, not only for the mega church building itself, but also like, Side buildings where you would put the nurseries and things like that for the kids and all the all the administrative buildings and things like that to the tune of like a hundred million dollars and listen to how fast they paid it off it 's pretty amazing
3: we started looking around thinking well what 's it going to take to have the nurseries and all the things that we need well i got the, I got the bill back or the bids, and it was a hundred million dollars to renovate. I thought kind of god i didn 't sign up for this i was, was thirty six years old, and I thought. But you know what? God gives you grace for every season of your life. And, and you know, I, I felt in my spirit, I said, you know what? We have one chance to renovate it. Otherwise, we just kind of do it temporary. So we took a year and a half and we, we went to a, we went to our bank that, you know, we banked with for years, way back with my dad. And let me tell you, y'all, they were so negative. They were just like, man, it's not going to happen. We don't think you can raise the money and all this stuff. And man, uh, we, we walked out of there and I was discouraged at first until I let it go in one ear and out the other. I thought, God, our bank is not our source. You are our source.
1: Again, this is Joel Osteen. He's uh, speaking in front of his congregation in this massive $100 million refurbished NBA arena that's now his church.
3: And so we went to another bank, Bank of America. They showed up at the office. The first day we were there without even knowing us, they would never seen our financials. They had a check for $25 million that they said we could borrow. I thought... I saw that $25 million. I said, y'all let us borrow twenty-five, We let us borrow $100 million. They said, we'll do it. Bank of America loaned us $100 million. That was back, you know, whatever that was, 2003 or so. And so my big announcement today is that December 31st of last year, we have officially paid off the $100 million loan.
1: A crazy 19 years they pay off a loan for $100 million. Now they have 50,000 people who are in the congregation. they have 200 million people who tune into that church every single week, which would make it the highest rated piece of entertainment out there. There's no entertainment on any platform that gets 200 million viewers a week. So that's a massive number. but I just I don't understand it. I don't understand mega churches. if you are a person who, and I'm not knocking them, I think people can have very real uh, spiritual experiences. Going to mega churches. I think it's charisma, right? And he's oh, yeah. a very no, charismatic a person. And when speaker. you
0: listen, yeah. a lot of people listen to uh, someone like Olstein and they feel very uplifted and it encourages them and it inspires them and then it also inspires them to give him money.
1: <laughs> well, the, and and money has been something that that has been a big part of the controversy of these mega churches because they do bring in they have such a massive net that they're casting. They do bring in a lot of money. He was talking to Oprah a couple years back and she asked him about his wealth and he based, she said, "Hey, do you ever feel like you need to apologize for your wealth?" because he's a very successful guy. Uh, according to this article, he's worth around 40 million dollars his house is about 14 million dollars just for the house that house that he lives in in Houston and he says no I really don't we just feel like this is God's blessings and you know he says we live what we preach we get millions of dollars and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nice place to live and being blessed I agree with him on all those things there's just something about the mega church which that's just been so far from my personal experience I mean the church I and attend right is, now I
0: think in faith too there's a competing principle of humility and modesty and I think sometimes that's where these mega church pastors rub certain more traditional believers yeah the wrong when you way. see
1: when you see a pastor driving around I'm not saying this is what Olstein does I have no idea what he drives but you see pastors driving around in like super flashy cars or you know, wearing really expensive clothes. Flying their own personal. Flying in jets. private jets, yeah. things like that. That's when you have to start asking, like, all right, what's going on here? Like who's actually uh, what are you in this for? Are you trying to you know, spread a message or are you trying to benefit from it? So right, It's become a lifestyle rather than a, a ministry. It's very interesting. If you guys are into this at all, if you're interested in it, text me. I'd love to hear from you about it. 888-973-5476. we got a lot more coming up on the show next in the news roundup. I'm going to give you that trivia answer that we played just a little bit ago. We have so much more great stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be back here on Kyra Nights.